This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome everybody. It's uh, the Thursday edition of Talkback, the actual last day of Talkback for this week. Ooh, it is. Yes. Talkback this morning is brought to you by, and I love saying that, brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Hey, come on by uh, for all of your New York favorites. They've got lox, they've got New York cheesecake, they've got cannolis, they've got bagel sandwiches located out on North Reserve. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial with the holidays here. Hey, you need your house or your business cleaned, they can do it. No job is too big or small. I get a free estimate. You can book them right now by calling 260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Glad to have you aboard, everybody. That is Nick Christensen, and he's standing right there. Good morning. All right, uh, so lots going on. A big, big, big story broke this morning, and that is that Brittany Griner, the WNBA basketball star, six feet eight, and uh, the best, you know, overwhelmingly the best player in, in the WNBA. Mm. She, well, you know. Uh, but yeah, she, she's definitely one of the top players. Very, yeah. very, very dominant, put yeah. it that way. Oh, yeah. Anyway, she, uh, if, if you know the story, she was, uh, she played in a Russian league, right? Mm-hmm. To make extra money, because they don't make money, much money here, I guess, at the WNBA. Anyway, she was playing, uh, traveling to Russia, and uh, they looked in her luggage, and they found a vape canister with some cannabis oil in it. Arrested her, uh, tried her, convicted her, placed her in a work camp, right? Mm-hmm. For nine years. Got a nine year sentence, prison sentence. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so anyway, uh, but uh, the, behind the scenes, they were trying to find a way to get her back. And, and just this morning, this morning, they announced that they had brokered the deal. And Brittany Griner is quite literally on a plane right now. Without her vape cartridges, <laughs> I hope yeah. <laughs> uh, headed home to America. So yeah, one go. a one v one prisoner swap, right? So, yes, uh, I can't remember the name of the Russian prisoner we had, but I know he's an arms dealer, and right. so they uh, apparently decided that was a trade they wanted to make, and here we are. Now, could this be the deal that begins the thaw of the cold heart of Vladimir Putin? And he'll decide, (laughs) well, we've made a lot of people happy with this. Let's make a lot more people happy by withdrawing our troops from Ukraine and letting those poor folks alone. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know if those dominoes are going to start to fall or not. Yeah, I don't think so either. But anyway. (laughs) It's uh, good hopeful thinking. But uh, but that that was good news, though. Yeah, uh, glad she's back. Yeah, for her family and uh, for her especially. I mean, can you imagine... I mean, you're, you're, you're just playing professional yeah. basketball and all of a sudden you're in a Russian prison. So. Yeah, you make a really, I mean, really dumb mistake, obviously. But, yes. but yeah, I mean, it, obviously uh, the, the punishment in Russia is a little more severe than it is here for that type of offense. You so, think? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Especially uh, since we have legalized marijuana wherever yeah. you go, almost. Yeah. So, so, anyway. so yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, you, it just kind of goes to show, though. I mean, you got to be careful when you travel to these other countries and stuff. I mean, I, you know, because they have different rules than we do. We, we think that we're in our little beautiful American bubble here and all of our freedoms, but then you start going somewhere else and 
It's not the same uh, everywhere else. Very true. Anyway, it's it's open phones uh, right now, all, all the way until 9 o'clock this morning, and then we'll have City Talk. And on City Talk today, we'll be visiting with uh, Ron, uh, pardon me, Ben Brewer and Ashley Brittner-Wells. And we're going to talk about a special event that's coming up on Tuesday to talk about zoning development and uh, zo- uh, and development code work. So, yeah, anyway, we'll be looking into that starting at 9 o'clock. Now, um, in lieu of calls, I just wanted to bring up an article that I wrote yesterday that I've been planning to write for quite some time. But um, that a caller actually asked you if you could yes, write on yes, this show. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And and the question was, uh, how much money? Let's see what, is, what the exact the exact wording was. Uh, KGVO, a, a, a listener asked to know the exact amount of money spent in 2022 to help the homeless in Missoula City and County. Well, uh, he tasked Allison Franz, who is the communications director at the city, and, and Franz wrote me this note. It said, quote, Missoula County has spent approximately $1.5 million on services and programs related to helping folks experiencing homelessness this fiscal year, with a lion's share of that going toward building out the soon-to-be-relocated temporary safe outdoor space. Still quoting here. Funding for that, as well as the emergency winter shelter and the authorized camping site, came from the Federal American Rescue Plan Act, not local tax dollars. That would be a $1.5 million figure also includes funding from the Community Assistance Fund, which supports organizations like the Salvation Army and the Pavarello Center that provide basic needs assistance to at-risk populations. And that emboldened the CAF, the uh, Community Assistance Fund, is funded with property taxes. So that small amount uh, went into that $1.5 million. So, Mm -hmm. but... But yes, key big big but yeah because yeah, yeah. that 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 money was temporary. Yes, so. absolutely. So anyway, I, I after that I contacted uh, uh, Mr. Slotnick and we had a, an interesting conversation about that, much of which which was used on our morning newscasts this morning. But at the, but at the very end, at the very end, um, uh, Mr. Slotnick said, and I quote. If people have the means to make philanthropic donations to nonprofits who work on this issue, uh, so places like the United Way or Hope Rescue Mission or Salvation Army, then that money can be spent on getting people off the street and getting them into someplace better. Uh, again, this is Josh Lotnick saying, quote, that's good for the person, but it's also good for those who are, of us who are fortunate enough to have houses and high-functioning lives, but don't want to be stepping over people in the street. So places like the Hope Rescue Mission, the Salvation Army, United Way, and the Pavarello Center work every day. And then my final words to wrap up that story was, in other words, without any more federal funds or the local tax monies, which were voted down, it's on us now. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to find out what you guys think about that. So anyway... <laughs> Yeah, and a, and obviously a little bit of accountability. Accountability. It's on the the people that are homeless, right? You know, if if there's right potentially less funding or less handouts, then 
you know, maybe it, the onus comes on them a little bit in some aspect too, you know, so it's a two-way street a little bit. I don't yes, know. Yes, it is. Anyway, so uh, we're up against our first break, and I do believe we have Tim and Dave who both want to talk with us. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. We're only going to have a, a chance to talk about this for a few minutes, and then we'll begin at a city talk at 9 o'clock. But love to discuss this. We've been talking about it quite a bit uh, ever since the TSOS was created a couple of years ago. 721-1290 is our number. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back on Talkback. That is Nick Christensen. Uh, I'm Peter Christian. And uh, after I published this story, I got a note from my friend Susan Haypatrick, who is the executive director of the United Way. She said, uh, everywhere I go, this is her, her note to me, everywhere I go, I try to discourage the term homeless. There are no the homeless. When we make them uh, monolithic, we imply that the folks on the courthouse lawn, homeless, are the same as the mom and the kids living in cars, also homeless. And she said the latter demographic is the typical face of homelessness in Missoula, by the way. Uh, she said, again, I submit that we don't spend enough public money to end homelessness, in part because we think of homeless people as monolithic and we cling to stereotypes about who the homeless are and why. And you're right. When public money is unavailable, the burden falls to the nonprofit sector. And I can tell you, ding, 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 she puts for a fact, ding, 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 that the harshest critics of spending public money to address homelessness currently do not give to the nonprofits now shouldering that burden. It's a pretty heavy-duty indictment there. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get Tim on the line. Uh, Tim, good morning. You're on Talkback. Hi. Yeah, good morning. Thanks a lot. So the woman there from United Way, how does she know who gives and how does she know who the critics are? That's the first one. The okay. second one is the county commissioner tells us that it takes a million and a half dollars a year to do the homeless work in the county. Why were we going to fund a $5 million a year bond issue? Where was the other $3.5 million going? It was going to go and to several several. Is, it was going to go to go several other services. Uh, uh, the homeless was well, only part yeah, of that. But, yeah. All right, so here's the next thing. I did a little work on the computer, a couple of three, four hours, and a couple of phone calls here and there. Fourteen years ago, the mayor said he was going to end homelessness in ten years. Since then, the closest number I can come to, we've spent through tax incentives, income assistance, or rental assistance, all the programs, I came up with a more realistic number of $87 million that we spent in homeless in Missoula County for the last 14 years. And if you and if you put your thinking cap on, that bond issue would have spent $50 million in 10 years, plus all the other money that we would have spent. So $87 million in the last 14 years is not an unrealistic number. And for the county commissioner to say that homeless started two years ago with COVID is just really wrong. And he, I just can't believe he would say that. I don't believe he did say that. I, I, I think, I think well, the, I, I think the, the, hold on, I think the pandemic exacerbated the problem, right? But, but the, well, we, no, we, he we, came along and said okay. that they spend a million and a half dollars a year in accounting for homelessness, right? That no, no, in, in, in 2022. And, and, again, most of that money was federal money from ARPA. You know, it's just, you're just trying to cover up for them. I mean, the simple hard <laughs> questions are, we are spending a boatload more money for homelessness than anybody ever wants to admit to. And I challenge the people that are coming on City Talk to go along and tell me that I'm wrong in my $87 million estimate for the last 14 years. I don't think anybody can. Because when you go along and go through all the departments and everything that has spent money on this, it's going to add up quickly. You've got to figure all the buildings we're buying, all the complexes we're building, 
all the tax incentive to the builders to build low-income housing. That's all it costs to everybody in the city. Can I ask, can I ask, can I ask you, what is your suggestion? What should we be doing? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, if you're going to, if you're going to have a homeless community, then what is wrong with having, I, I like the idea of building the tiny houses. Why do we have to give homeless people three bedroom apartments? Why do we have to subsidize their income? If they're going to be homeless, make them work. Make them work three, four hours a day. And then that gets them into the program of working all the time. I mean, the free handouts have got to stop. All right. Well, thank you for the call, sir. We appreciate it. Okay, let's move on uh, to Dave. Dave, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. I'd like to change the subject for a moment. Go right ahead. Uh, you know, um, you know. I used to think Donald Trump was a really smart businessman, but for 17 years, he uh, his chief uh, uh, financial officer scammed the government out of money. So I, that kind of surprised me. But uh, it's I, I, also about drugs. We talked about drugs often, but or you know, crimes. If you federal crime. If you wind up in a federal court, have done a crime like drugs, and you have a perfectly legal gun on you, that could buy you an extra five years. So I advise people, if you're going to do in federal court, you uh, you don't get out early. You could spend 10 years in right. prison. For, yeah. The federal, for, federal, federal crime, there is no probation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so if you're going to do federal crime, you know, and selling marijuana is a federal crime by... I, I'm not sure how often they prosecute anymore, but you could be you could be selling marijuana and have a gun, a legal gun on you, and, and be legal in Montana, but wind up with ten years in prison. So, I advise people to think about it. All right, I, I think I think the, I should never we should never have been legalized anyway. That's just my opinion. But Dave, thanks right. for the call, buddy. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, so who's up next? Tim. Tim. Good morning. You're on Talkback. Please go ahead, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Excellent. Um, I would like to touch base on a couple things, but the one thing that really is bothering me is uh, this prisoner swap that we did. Uh, in my work career, I have worked in various countries, uh, friendly and hostile to America. And whenever I went into a foreign country, uh, the State Department always gave me a booklet that explained things about the country right their religion their their beliefs their laws and everything Brittany, i think her name is granger Granger, like Brittany anyway, griner yeah go ahead uh, she worked in russia a few years before this incident happened she knew the law oh yeah okay uh she says she had a prescription but yet she could not produce the doctor's prescription for that vape um, I am upset that we're exchanging her for a known arms dealer that was arrested and convicted threatening to kill Americans. And also, we're leaving behind a patriot, a U.S. Marine that has been charged with espionage. Right. And I just, I don't understand the thinking of this administration because, you know, I, I mean, is it because she's a female, she's black, she's gay? She, I mean, she, she's literally said she hates America. Well, she, she might not have said she hates it, but she kneels for the anthem. And she, you know, um, so that's one thing. Another thing is, you know, Josh Slotnick, you know, he's, 
He's a champion of the homeless. And, you know, homeless is bad. Okay, I agree. But Missoula, Missoula County has to quit putting out a welcome mat. You know, if, if we have a problem, then to me, do what uh, DeSantis in Texas is doing. You know, uh, bus them someplace. Send them to Portland or Seattle or San Francisco where they have the money and the infrastructure to take care of this stuff. That's all I've got to say. Thank all you, right. gentlemen, Thank- and have a great weekend. All right. Thanks for the call. We're going to come right back. Uh, we have Paul and Sue and Emmett all waiting to visit. We're going to come right back with more of Talk Back after this quick timeout. Every weekend, Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate presents Missoula Real Estate Today on News Talk KGVO. Diane and her guests provide interesting information about the local housing market, along with industry-related topics and trends. Missoula Real Estate Today, presented by Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate, Saturday mornings from 8 till 8.30, and again Sunday mornings from 10.30 till 11 on News Talk KGVO, FM 98.3 and AM 1290. Okay, we're back on TalkBack. Uh, we only have about seven or eight minutes left to take these calls. Let's do that. Uh, Paul, you are up first. Go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? I have two things. I agree with most of the things except for the busing part um, in regards to um, the homeless in Missoula. And I have, maybe I got on the wrong side of the bed. The trades deal was, was really bad, just an arms dealer for for, you know, whoever Brittany Griner is, you know, whether she's a star or not a star, I just think it's a bad deal. We've always had a kind of a rule. You don't, you don't make deals like that. And just, that just seems bad. But as far as Missoula goes and the zoning stuff where they keep saying we've never, we haven't changed the zoning in years, that's just flat out wrong. They've been changing it piecemeal forever and they, they don't tell the people exactly why they're doing it. They don't tell the people who the people they're doing it for and the players behind the whole game well if, if it and makes you just, if it may help you paul just real quick uh we uh, in the nine o'clock hour we'll have city talk and we are going to have uh ben brewer and ashley brittner wells uh, it's all about the launch of the code reform project so uh perhaps your questions could be focused and if you want to call back in the nine o'clock hour maybe i'm sure they'd be glad to talk with you well i i could except that i've as you know, I've been involved with this for a lot of years, and I dug into it when they were doing it. And you get lied to constantly, and they don't tell you um, the they don't tell you anything truthfully. It's like when they did Title Nineteen to Twenty, they just said, "Well, this this isn't a real change; it's just a text change." So it's like all of a sudden ADUs are allowed. But that's just a text change. That's not a change, despite the fact that people went to meetings over and over and over again to protest it. And then they still did it anyway. And then the other thing about players going in is, is our mayor still working? Um, Is he still involved with Mountain Lion? I do not know. He used to be the head of Mountain Lion. Okay. And and that's, to me, was a huge conflict of interest when he was a council member um and those things are wrong and then the mayor's son and uh or the mayor the missoula attorney's son and the uh, missoula attorney that to me seems a big conflict of interest and so this is a okay. basically a mayor city attorney run city tell, tell you those what, are the questions that, that 
need, I mean, you want to cut me off, but those well, are the no, it's not that I want to cut you off. We're running out of time and we have a whole lot of callers behind you. So, but, but, but we appreciate your call. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Uh, Sue's up next. Sue, good morning. We got about three and a half minutes. Go ahead, ma'am. Good morning. Yeah, I haven't been able to listen since uh, last week, and I just, um, the Monday morning paper had a very interesting story about um, sex ed uh, law ensnares English history, and the fact that as a bill that took effect in the last legislature is, is affecting a lot more than just teaching sex ed in the schools. It's actually affecting uh, English and history classes, because if they mention any kind of intimate word, parents have to be notified. And I, it, it kind of caught my eye because I remember when my son was and daughter were in high school and they read The Great Gatsby and Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have to be notified that they were going to be talking about, you know, kind of sexually intimate things because that's what that's what is in literature. And I just think that they're they're having the school districts are having to um, consult with attorneys and trying to figure out how to how to handle this because it's seeped into other things besides um, sex ed in school. And I I thought maybe somebody would call in and talk about that, but I guess they haven't. Well, you, just you, 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 you just did. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. But the paper came out on Monday. But anyway, I just I just thought it was, um, and I care so much about sex ed, but when it comes to um, to uh, teaching kids how to not get pregnant, they, they don't want to do that. And so, anyway, I just thought I'd, I just thought I'd pause it about that. All right, well, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sue. Okay, Peter. Okay, okay, we have exactly a minute left. Let's try to get one more quick call in. Uh, this is Emmett. Emmett. Emmett, we have one minute, buddy. Go. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I completely agree. You know, you had written that letter, and I think the first, I completely agree with that person from the United Way talking about not lumping the homeless in generally, whatever it was. Uh, her letter was absolutely spot on about the homeless completely. And, you know, you know, no one wants to be homeless. They're either addicted or, and need help, or they just don't have the money, whether they're working or not, to get a nice rental. And we've got to get the rents down and have more opportunities for better pay so that people, you know, can work and actually get out of poverty. So, you know, I think we have to have more compassion on the, you know, the real homeless to really help them rather than just say it's their fault because nobody wants to be homeless no one enjoys this i'm grateful i'm not homeless so that's my two cents for the day you know? all right buddy thanks for the call appreciate thank it right, thank you Emmett. <clears throat> thank you to all the callers i wish we had more time to flesh that out perhaps in our next open phones might be able to do that mm-hmm. anyway seven two one twelve ninety is our number we, we have our special guests coming into the studio here in the next hour of course Ginny miriam communications director for the city will have ben brewer the planning supervisor and ashley britner wells a community engagement specialist we're talking about code reform all that coming up up in the next hour on Talkback. At Western Montana Lighting, they... This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO.
Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Talk Back for this Thursday is underway. It is City Talk, and it's brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial. With the holidays here, if you need residential or commercial cleaning, you needed to get it done right now, and no job is too big or small. So for a free estimate, you can call Phillips Janitorial at 260-6617 with a 406, of course. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Authentic New York bagels and pastries flown in all the way from Little Italy can be found right here in Missoula, right there at Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, located on North Reserve. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along this morning. We are shifting gears this morning with uh, guests in the studio. It's called City Talk. Ginny Miriam over there, the uh, communications director for the city. Hey, Ginny. Good morning. All right. And also joining us here in the studio this morning is Ben Brewer. He's the planning supervisor for community planning development and innovation at the city of Missoula. That's a big business card. (laughs) It's a big title. All right. And also joining us is Ashley Brittner-Wells. She is the Community Engagement Specialist for Community Planning, Development, and Innovation. So your, your business card is even bigger. So that, I need one more last name, I think. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. All right. So uh, I understand, first of all, uh, the phone lines are open. If you have a question, as, as we move on, I know you'll have questions. And these folks are here to answer those questions for you as best they can. Uh, the number is 721-1290. All right. What we're talking about here is a big event that's coming up on Tuesday. And so let's talk about that. So, Ben, you want to take uh, take the reins on that one? Uh, uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, we want uh, to introduce and get the word out that we're having our um, community kickoff for the Our Missoula Project. And the Our Missoula Project is... Um, one that you have probably heard talked about um, uh, under other names, um, especially uh, code code reform. And we've, there's been a lot of talk about code reform for the city of Missoula uh, recently for the last year or two, um, year well, or so. For many years, actually. Many years, yeah, <laughs> leading up to the right. <laughs> talking yeah. about this project specifically. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so, yeah, we are at the point where we are um, ready and, and wanting to um, to – um, bring out, roll out the project, introduce it to the community, try to explain what what it is, what it's for, what it's what it's trying to do, and and how um, everyone can participate in that and um, and engage on the project as it um, moves forward. It's a, you know, we're we're looking at roughly a two year um, timeline for this project, um, give or take, and so and but there's um, a lot involved along the the way and a lot of opportunities to to be involved along the way, um, and so we want to explain. Uh, um, how that will work and, and what those uh, opportunities are. Now, this this is going to be a comprehensive, basically restructuring of the, the whole building codes and all, all those things that have been kind of piecemeal added here and there uh, over the years as the, the city has grown exponentially over the, over the last several years. Uh, and, and so you've kind of had to work various workarounds. But the point of this is to make everything cohesive. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. There, there's a lot going on here, um, but that is ultimately the the end product that we're aiming for. And what what that will look like is is something called a unified development code, and that's kind of a a trend in um, in development codes and 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 um, managing you know growth and development um, generally. And what that means is that um, you know in, like in the city of Missoula, we have a variety or, or various. Um, 
regulations and, and rules that all kind of pertain to development. There's the zoning, there's the subdivision regulations, there's um, different title, other city titles and, and administrative rules. They're kind of scattered around and managed and, and maintained by different um, departments and divisions in the city and, and updated incrementally, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, over time. But But the issue that we've been finding is that that's happened kind of um, in an uncoordinated way or has, hasn't... Just necessarily so over time. Necessarily so based on capacity and, and kind of um, what's, what the issues are that we're dealing with at the, at the time. But what's happened is that they've, they've kind of gotten away from one another. And so this is really a chance for us to step back and look at them all together at once and bring them all into one unified code um, where they have kind of consistent where there's consistencies and, and they're synced up. Missoula has lots of really uh, uh, totally distinct and unusual neighborhoods. So there's the University District. There's the Midtown District. There's uh, there's the, uh, the Scott Street area. There's, there's all, all those neighborhoods, right? So how will this bring all those together where they can maintain their individual, you know, a character, but still be able to have some structure within which to work? That is a great question. So the the other um, <laughs> that's a great question. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm probably here, what a lot I'm, of people I'm, are. I'm here wondering. all week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the the other kind of main component of the project um, is um, also we are at the same time and, and kind of in preparation for the new code, um, updating um, our growth policy. What's called our growth policy, and that's that's the kind of comprehensive guiding document um, and and growth management um, plan and in a lot of other places it's called the comprehensive plan or comp plan here in Montana it's called the growth policy um, and and it is also the legal basis for zoning um, and and so you know that the growth policy is is kind of the 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 community's vision and and um, yeah, the overarching for yeah right. for the for the city and and where we can kind of express what what we want um, for the community and in places within the community, including so uh, kind of on a neighborhood level as well. And mm-hmm. one of the you know along with the policy document, which which contains all you know our policy goals and language, is also you know the other component or piece of that is called the future land use map. Um, so there is a kind of a geographic map component of that which tries to apply this vision that we've created in, in this policy to the you know geographically to the city and and that's something we're going to be looking at in this project and that is also going to provide you know a basis for how we um, how we design this code and and so you know it's something important to be to know about this project is that um, you know the, the map and how the how this is applied geographically is is also part of this conversation and something that we need to be looking at. We're up against our first break, and we do have Paul waiting to visit with us here on the phone. Uh, but I guess w- one question I want you to chew on here is: Is this already done, and you're just presenting it to the people, or is is this an opportunity for the public to weigh in and say, "Here's what I'd like to see tweaked or changed or whatever"? Uh, can we talk about that when we come back? Yes, please. Okay. All right. We're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number. Stay with us. For over 100 years. And we are back on Talk Back at City Talk. Joining us here this morning, uh, Ben has stepped out and made way for Lisa Davey, who's with Common Good. And uh, so so the question the question I asked was, has this already been done? It's already been decided and, and, and you're just presenting it to the public? Or what? what is the process? What do you want to... Uh, Ashley. 
Yeah. Uh, so the the outcome is not decided. We are in the process of planning. You know, we're having this first community kickoff, this big public event on Tuesday, December 13th at the commercial building at the Missoula County Fairgrounds to really raise awareness and provide information about what this project is going to look like. Um provide a little bit of education so that you, you know, folks, residents feel like they they understand what's happening and when they can engage. There's six phases of engagement that will sort of, you know, we'll be asking for public participation at really targeted places throughout this project to make sure that we're having this community conversation because the outcome is not determined. And that's one of the reasons that we partnered with Common Good on the engagement for, you know, this community kickoff and potentially moving forward is to be able to reach folks that may not necessarily engage in these processes um, that, you know, the, the outcome is definitely not determined. And we want to have these conversations with everyday Missoulians, everyday residents. Um, and at least for me, you know, I'm sort of the perfect person to sort of look at some of this information and say, hey, is this accessible to the public? Because I'm not a code and technical zoning expert. I, I sort of had to out myself as not such when I when I took this position <laughs> and got on this project. But it's given me a really great great uh, eye toward, hey, is this really going to land with the public? Is this something that people can understand? So that's kind of why we're starting with this kickoff to raise education and awareness, because if you don't know what the issue is or you don't know what the information, you know, what where the decision space is or what we're even talking about, it's difficult to engage, at least for me. And so we're hoping with this first project, this first kickoff, this phase one, that we can really uh, shore up some of that information so folks feel comfortable and that there isn't an information barrier to engaging with this project. So, Lisa, so Lisa, first of all, welcome. It's good to have you. Yeah, thank you. Your first words. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> so let, let, let's talk a little bit about common good. What, what, that, that, that sounds, I've never heard that term before within the city. Uh, is this a new organization or a new group or what? Yeah, Common Good Missoula is uh, basically very new. Uh, we had our founding assembly last May, and we've been in kind of a sponsorship state for the last three years, uh, growing and building relationships across the city with different uh, community members and organizations, uh, because everything that we do is really based on relationships uh, and building those so that we have enough trust within our, our membership and within people across the community to have some of these tougher conversations. All right, and so uh, wh- when we talk about Code reform. We're talking about building codes, right, and and uh, and that sort of thing, and so and that gets into the nitty gritty of how and where we live here right. in Missoula and what we're allowed to do uh, with with these new rules, right? But but the rules are still being fleshed out. Yeah. So I would say that Common Good really deeply believes in the promise of a citizen democracy, uh, where folks who actually live in the community have a real voice in the government. And so one of our main goals is to help people learn how to interact with the government. And everyone knows it can be really tough to navigate at this point. And I just have to throw out some kudos to Ashley and the department for saying, you know, we want you here at the very beginning. Uh, we want to know how to talk to people. We want to know uh, how people want to talk to us. And we want to work together. Um, I think a lot of times folks that I work with get really frustrated. We get these uh, plans given to us. And then we're like, hey, look at this. And and it's hard because people have put years of work into them. And it's like, yeah, this is not my vision at all. You know, I don't like this. I don't like that. And that's not a productive community conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. We're super excited to be here at the very beginning and be able to design this together. So you want, you want more ingredients in the soup, 
right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, 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 <laughs> Very and, good way and, to put it. And, and those ingredients come from the public. They come from people who live here and maybe want to move here and maybe are living in an apartment and want to build a house. But here's what I'd like to do. And can I do that? I, I, I'm interested in this area. Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, tell you what, let's let's get Paul on the line. He's been waiting very patiently. Paul, good morning. You're on with our guests. We have Ashley, Brittany Wells, and Lisa Davy and Ben Brewer. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. I, this has nothing to do with, with any of you guys personally. It's just the system. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time dealing with this in Missoula. I thought I'd get involved, and, and I've been disappointed every step of the way. Um, and sadly, it's mostly because the in the background of all this are the developers in town, and they, for, for instance, when when they had this same policy, it's the Missoula Growth Plan, and we had all this asking for public comment and input and things like that, and so I got involved and got in two committees. Um, in the very first meeting that introduced it, we had a guy named um, Ed McMahon. And he was touted as a big development development expert, you know, worldwide, blah blah blah. And it turns out he had, he is one of the developers in town who used to own the hot dog shop over by Hellgate High School, among other buildings. Um, they didn't tell people that. Um, and then I was starting to make some comments at the initial opening meeting, and I got cut off um, because they didn't want resident comments at the time essential i don't know i talked to the development person who's no longer there so paul um, please please forgive me for inter- that, that interrupting please forgive me for interrupting here real quick but I, I i know you have a lot to say do you have a specific question for our guests because they're here to answer your questions well the hard thing for me i do um the biggest question is is i went i went to those meetings and and basically the map that we were that we were told I was actually told in a meeting that I helped create the map that was printed by a, a, a planner who is no longer here. She left about two weeks after I, I made that thing when Ed Zabbitt, um, the planner in town, you know, I asked him, "What about this map and the data on this map?" And he sent me to the the planner who wrote who did the map, and she couldn't explain it. She couldn't explain why there were no drafts. She couldn't explain why why we didn't see any drafts throughout the whole process, which is a couple month process and a bunch of meetings. And, and right. then the other thing is, I, it's just how, how it, you know, it's it's hard to me. I'd rather talk to you guys personally, and I'd rather not have a communications director doing the talking and the the um, observing to make sure that. The city has a one, one like a one person plan, and it's, that's not the way the city is supposed to work. The city is not a blob; it's not a single blob. So when you have positions like communication directors, that really bugs me. All right, Paul. Well, listen, um, we're, we're, we're up. Have the individuals of the city do it, and so I mean, I could go on and on about the lies, but nobody seems to care, including the people that are running the process. Well, Paul, uh, we so appreciate Okay, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're up. We're up against a break. Seven two one twelve ninety. I hear the frustration in his voice. I, I, 
<sighs> I feel for him. Uh, uh, so, uh, by the way, we have all of our phone lines open. If you'd like to visit with Ashley Brittner-Wells, we've got Ben Brewer and Lisa Davey all here in studio, along with Ginny Miriam. This is uh, this is called the, the launch of the Code Reform Project, and it's going to start next Tuesday over at the fairgrounds. And uh, it's an invitation for you to come and talk with these folks personally. You know, face to face, eye to eye, and uh, let you let them know what you think. I'm sure there'll be displays there of things you want to do, so you can look and learn and ask, and maybe even get some questions answered. Sandy, we're going to come right back. The phone lines are open. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It's seven two one twelve ninety. So stay with us. Planning on picking. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. How was your drive to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. We have all of our phone lines open. Joining us for City Talk, uh, we have Ben Brewer joining us, uh, Planning Supervisor for Community Planning Development and Innovation, Ashley Brittner-Wells, and also Lisa Davey. Now, now, Ben, you wanted to jump in here and just kind of clarify a few things about the overarching aspect of what you're doing uh yeah that would be great uh first of all just um one clarification for uh those of you who have been listening um up until this point that we've not about building codes sorry we've (laughs) we've been talking about this uh and the and the the type of code has come up a little bit i just want to clarify that this project actually does not really get into building codes um building codes is for um various reasons kind of in a, a world in class of its own um and we have less ability to to really um manage that or, or or modify that at the local level um that's really something that's that's adopted at the state level based on federal regulations right. and, and things like that so um there, there really won't be as much or very much um, related to that although there there is some some components that we we could we, we are going to explore about tying in um but let's talk about your but, let's talk about your code but the code yeah thank right. you the yeah. codes that we're really going to be looking at here are are you know the um um city codes related to development. So that's really talking about zoning, subdivision regs, um, engineering standards, and, um, and then, um, you know, kind of some administrative rules and, and pieces of other codes that, that apply to development. And, and really, primarily, we're talking about development on private property, um, although there are certainly aspects of how that ties in with the, the public, um, public realm and kind of streets and roads and sidewalks and that kind of thing as well. Um, so just wanted to make that clarification. And then I, I also wanted to, um, pick back up from, from the, um, last caller, um, and kind of a question that you asked, uh, 
previously about just you know are are we come are we starting with a, a plan already and and is that do we already know what we want to do and I just kind of wanted to pick up on that question because I, I think that that is there there is a feeling out um, that's not uncommon to to wonder if that's what's happening and um, so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit more and, and talk through the project and explain how we want to work together uh, with the community um, and with with you and and people that are interested in being involved in this project and that care about these. Um, issues um, on our way to developing, um, you know, the, the end product of the, the the final unified code that we're working towards. Um, so, so, so now, let, now let me ask you this: there are there are some big time developers in Missoula, folks who have been developing and building houses for years and years and years. Right? How is how is what you're doing going to help them be able to put together a development that they know has a better chance of success? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And and to put it simply, you know, the the goal here is um, to to work through kind of the 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 dysfunction that we are experiencing around development in Missoula, and and that kind of gets into how what, the codes. What, well, what is what is that dysfunction? If you could describe it. So part of that is that you know going back to the the reason that we're doing unified code, and and part of the dysfunction or or the challenge that we experience, and that you know it, by we I mean those of us at the city who are um, kind of on the regulating side and um, those of you in the community who are trying to um, go through some kind of development related project um, and and those on, on kind of at the decision making level and you know um, city council and whatnot um, there's frustration kind of on on all sides of this and and a lot of that has to do with the um, issue that our codes you know again are spread out and and they're not synced up and um, and so there are conflicts between them, and that that leads to kind of these circular um, uh, issues where we need to find resolution kind of on a project by project basis that that can lead to confusion and and um, extended time and 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 whatnot um, and then you know potentially some kind of decision being made um, at a level that probably is beyond the the needed or appropriate level and so that's that's kind of one side of this but but the other um, side going back to your question about mm-hmm. how this will help kind of some some of the um, de- uh, developers and those trying to bring housing into Missoula which is um, desperately needed is that the code is also not in sync with our policy when and our policy is what we have been um, establishing, especially recently um, in the last five or seven years, to um, uh, to express you know what we want for Missoula, and um, we have policy goals for growth and housing and climate and um, and a variety of transportation connectivity. Um, but since the the code has not really been updated since a lot of that policy has been adopted the the code predates all of that um and so it you know there have been incremental changes here and there to try to reflect it but it what this project is trying to do is to step back look at it all together and catch up with kind of these policy um conversations that we've been having um and so that's that's kind of the the second big um goal here so one of our policy goals is to address the housing crisis that we're experiencing in Missoula and to enable and and basically we want the code to be um the easiest to 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 use for the types of development that we want to see in Missoula and and, um, and so that's how we hope we we will be um 
you know, mm-hmm. helping those types of uh, projects. Okay, with that, we're up against another break. We have all of our phone lines open. We'd love, it's a little spooky, 721-1290. We'd love to get some calls, uh, seven, because this is your city, folks. Uh, we would love to have you uh, get involved in this conversation. Uh, the number is 721-1290, or if you have the KGVO app, you can text us. You can send us a message uh, through the KGVO app. We'll be happy to pass that along to our guests. We're going to come right back right after this. Okay, calls are starting to come in here, ladies and gentlemen, for our guests here on City Talk. And uh, joining us here in the studio, Ben Brewer, Ashley Brittner-Wells, and Lisa Davey. And, uh, of course, uh, let's... Whoa, Earl! Good morning, Earl. You're on Talkback. What's your question, sir? Uh, oh, good morning, folks. Hey, so, a few years back, I was try- I tried to be a good business citizen uh, in the city, and I helped work on... Uh, the sign ordinance part of what was what became Title 20, and my understanding at the time was was Title 20 was a redo of a lot of the zoning and a lot of the rules and a lot of the things. I mean, they spent tens of thousands of dollars on consultants. They had charrettes, uh, you know, tried to get people involved and that kind of thing. And it sounds like. We're kind of, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was, it was a few years back, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it was that long ago. So, what's what's the deal? Why didn't title? Why isn't title twenty working out? I mean, it seems like we're, you know, uh, some of us out here who are like trying to do businesses and that kind of thing. It seems like the goalposts are always moving. I mean, I, I try to pay attention to what. Peter says on the news in the morning and, and look at the uh, agendas from the city council. That's one. Investments to Title 20 and that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and, and so I try and watch, and it always seems like there's some, some adjustment with Title 20. matter of fact, I think there's another one coming up here uh, on the agenda. It was either last week or this week. So why didn't that work out? Why are we hacking at it again? I mean, I understand the city's a dynamic thing, and sometimes things got to move, but... Man, oh man, it seems like we're coming right back to it again. And, um, you know, that strikes my libertarian concern of how much government there is and how much tax money we're spending to readdress a problem that's not getting fixed. So, Earl, uh, very well said, sir. I, I know you're on a cell phone, so I'm going to let these folks answer your question. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank appreciate, you. Appreciate the call. Okay, who wants to jump in? Yeah, I, I can take the first stab at that. Thanks, Earl, for the question. That's a good question. Um, my understanding, and um, I'll just throw out the caveat that the um, adopting Title 20, which is our current zoning, was before my time. But um, my understanding is that that was um, a um, based on a lot of the same issues that we are experiencing today. Um, we are experiencing growth, um, and um, the previous code, Title 19, was um, was complicated and kind of um, uh, difficult to use and difficult to understand. Um, and it wasn't really addressing the things that people cared about um, at the time and, and were, were concerned about um, happening and, and seeing happen in the community. And, um, and you know, we are going through another um, period like that again. And, it, and you know, it wasn't that that uh, code change was not that long ago, but it was almost 15 years ago. Um, and we've seen a lot of change since then We're, we've seen a lot of change just in the last five or five or seven years um and uh so that that's one that's one thing the the other is that uh you know the the kind of order of operations of things has been um out of out of whack a little you know unfortunately um 
with how how and when we have adopted our codes versus updated our policies. And so this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. But um, the Title 20 project, which is a big project, um, you know, we, we updated the zoning code at that at that time. Um, and and um, that was in 2009. 2015, we adopted our current growth policy, which was another kind of big community undertaking, um, but at the policy level and, and, and kind of that community visioning level. Um, and for various reasons, we did, we did not get a chance to follow up on that with um, the, the, the um, zoning that would reflect that. Um, and so, like we were talking about earlier, we've been kind of taking this incremental approach to, to updating codes. Um, and so it, at the end of the day, you know, we still have not really implemented the um, the current growth policy. We're still kind of getting there by bits and pieces. And so this this is kind of finally the time where, where we're trying to catch up with that. Since it's been a little while since that, as part of this project, we're also needing to confirm that that last growth policy and probably update it to some degree as well. And so that's kind of the general gist of what the growth policy update component of this project would, would be. Ashley, you, you were making notes frantically there. So uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, the background is really helpful to understand why, you know, how we got to where we are today and why we're having this conversation at this point. I mean, I think we all know that housing is a big, you know, concern for a lot of residents in town. Um, and for us as well. But I think it's important, like Ben was saying, to note that we're, instead of doing this incremental change, having a holistic community conversation where we get to, you know, the update of the growth policy and what that vision really is. So then we can update the tool, one of the tools that we have to carry out that vision, which is the development code. So it's happening in a way that, you know, at this point, is, is a little more holistic, which I think is a really great way to do it um, and, and why we're so excited to have our partnership with, with Common Good Missoula on this, this kickoff so that we get a wide, diverse variety of Missoulians coming to this event on Tuesday, hopefully, um, to, to be able to engage and, and participate in, in, in this, in the six phases that we have, uh, lined out. But early, you know, before we have some of these things sort of determined, we're having these community conversations along the way, um, um, to be able to update that vision. Okay. Lisa, real quick before we take a break, uh, and we'll get to go to callers. Uh, you wanted to comment on what they, what they just mentioned. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up that it's really important that this is so comprehensive and all-encompassing. Uh, we get a lot of information from things that don't work and barriers we run up against. Uh, and so, you know, that is really great input for people to bring to the table. But there's also an opportunity here for us to really imagine what we want our community to be and to bring to the table um, that imagination and those hopes and those dreams and really what we wish we could live in uh, and help you know, put some of that into this guiding North Star for the city. Okay, we're going to come right back. And we, we have, uh, let's see, we have Mr. Wingnut. We have Mark and Marilyn all waiting to visit with you. We're going to come right back right after this. Authentic New York bagels and pastry. Sorry, something Judy said just made us laugh uproariously. Anyways, <laughs> seven two one twelve ninety is our number. All right, so so uh, let's let's jump in and get some calls here. Uh, I believe Mr. Wingnut is up first. Mr. Nutt, go ahead. Well, good morning. 
you know, I, this is based on like five minutes of my research here. I was curious about uh, Common Good Missoula, and it appears you know, they are pretty much a uh, socialist or leftist organization uh, with such dog whistles as structural racism, uh, affordable housing, income inequality, and they're part of a uh, affiliate of Industrial Areas Foundation, um, which was founded by Saul Lewinsky. Um, or Alinsky, excuse me. So my question for the county folks is, you know, and I have no problem with them being involved in this kind of a process from that perspective. So my question to the county is, um, how are you seeking to, to counterbalance this political um, end of the spectrum with input from other organizations that would provide counterbalance to uh, their input? Okay. Hey. Thanks for the call, Mr. Nutt. Um, go yeah, ahead, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll start tackling this. Um, I just want to correct that misconception just off the bat. Uh, Common Good Missoula is like exclusively nonpartisan, and we work really hard to work with what we call the radical center or the middle eighty percent. Uh, we are very interested in building bridges across typical divides. And so we mentioned things like political divides, ideological divides, race divides, uh, because we don't typically talk to people who are different race than us. And so that's one of the things uh, that we want to incorporate. And we certainly work very closely with indigenous leaders in Missoula uh, because they're an important part of our culture and our history in this valley. Uh, but our goal really is to make sure that we're bringing all of those voices together. Okay, go ahead. And Ashley. I would say, yeah, I mean, on top of that consideration, um, the the organization is not the only, you know, the, the folks that represent Common Good are not the only folks that will be a part of this community conversation. Um, and, you know, it's a public event on Tuesday. The entire uh, uh, phases of engagement are public events. And we have other mechanisms along the way to hear from, you know, code users and staff at the city who, who, who use these, these codes on a daily basis and, and others. Um, and so the, the hope with the partnership for common good is really, you know, it's an effort to hear the needs and values of as many people as possible during this project. Um, and the, um, nonpartisan, you know, aspect I think is really important to note, but it, it isn't strictly specifically only common good Missoula that we're working with. We're partnering with them on this first, um, this community kickoff to, to get as many residents to this event and to the table as we possibly can, but it's open to anyone, it, th whatever you think, whatever you feel, this is Wherever your town. you're coming from, this is, your town this too, is right? our Missoula, right. and we want to have a conversation with with everybody to to get to where we ultimately would like to be. Okay. Yeah, and oh, I may yeah. just add too that we've had a lot of conversations as we've been developing um, our work together about how there aren't any outcomes that we are tied to at this point, right? And so those are ideological outcomes too. And what we're really engaged on is the process and making sure that it's equitable. And really that deep commitment, you know, even from a common good standpoint, one of our roles is to hold the government accountable and remind them that they work for the citizens of Missoula. Mm -hmm. uh, and so having that balance of back and forth and really being able to have that dialogue, uh, you know, this is there's no time like now to have really good input for everybody. Okay, let's uh, let's get uh, I believe Mark is up next. Mark, good morning. You're on with our guests. What's your question, sir? 
Good morning, everybody, and thanks for taking the time to be on air with us today. I um, I, I think I could sum it up in, in, in a pretty short speech, I guess. Um, people want predictability and timeliness from the building codes. If I submit the proper paperwork, I will get my decision in a timely fashion. They don't want to wait months or years to get decisions. Uh, and things like political things that go on in the in the in the approval process, for instance, when Costco was trying to move out onto Broadway, they wanted to build city streets and things that that didn't have anything to do with the project. And Costco told you to pound sand on that one. And I think that type of thing just needs to go away. It can't be part of the process. Can you address that at all for me, please? I'd like to listen online. If I can. Okay, you bet. Uh, go right ahead. Ben, you're up. Uh, yeah, thanks. Hi, Mark. Um, thanks for the question. And um, I think um, that's a great point. And, uh, it, you know, it is kind of one of the things that's wrapped up in all of this, um, especially on the, the code side. You know, one of the ways to think about codes is that I think is helpful is kind of a framework that, you know, codes are made up of the content. They're made up. They're organized. You know, how how is all the content organized? And they're consistent. It, and that should be consistent, yeah. And that's part of again one of the the goals of of and reasons for um, pursuing a unified code, unified development code, is that it 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 the the purpose is to create that consistency. So you have it all in one code. So you have the same terms. You, you use the same processes. You you have the same terminology, and and so it should it should be unified and consistent. Um, even if it's these kind of aspects of development that you know currently and and, and typically or historically we've kind of seen as, as separately um, being addressed separately. Um, but the, the third kind of tier or the third component of a code is the processes. And um, that's something that I think we really um, struggle with in Missoula. And, and so and I think that's kind of what you're getting at here. And so there's, um, you know, different types of processes, but, but, you know, a lot of them, relate to um, approval and, and kind of decision-making. And I think that um, because of the confusion in and amongst the codes and a lack of clarity on what how that decision-making should work, we get stuck in these kind of loops of, um, uh, you know, confusion or lack of clarity. And that's something that we really hope to um, address through this. And I'll just throw out that, um, you know, we an example of that is um, the recent um, interim ordinance that was passed recently um, that was kind of um, aimed at and, and, and in response to, to this um, issue, which which is is to the point and, you know, that it is causing um, a serious backlogs of uh, on review times in our department. And that is um, exacerbating, you know, the issues that, you know, with, with getting housing on the ground um, that we're, we're really struggling with. And so, you know, the, the interim ordinance um, basically relaxed um, some of the conditional use approval requirements um, for some uses in some cases. Um, and it's a little more nuanced than this, but um, but the, the intent there was that, that that's one area that we identified where we could um, re- reduce that, that kind of um, uh, level of con- confusion and, and in the process, um, and you know when we uh, 
when that was adopted by council, one of the comments that was um, said a few times was that, you know, this is good government. This is a, an example of good government. If there are things that, you know, the, these conditional uses, we've seen something like 80 projects over the last 10 or 12 years, um, 79 of them, or, you know, only one of them was not approved. These, these are projects that were getting approved, um, but there was kind of these additional layers of process that they were going through. And, and we found that a lot of times the process was kind of redundant with things that were already being accounted for through other existing regulations. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's something that I think we want to, we, we are wanting to bring and hearing that we should bring into this project is that that's that kind of, um, Good government approach is, is needed. Okay, we're going to come right back. We have a, our final timeout. It's a one-minute break, and I believe uh, Marilyn is still waiting to visit with you. We're going to come right back with more Talk Back, wrapping up City Talk uh, right after this. It's all... And we are back on Talk Back, our final segment here with our guests on City Talk. Uh, they are Ben Brewer, Planning Supervisor for Community Planning and Development uh, for the City, Ashley Brittner-Wells, Community Engagement Specialist, and also Lisa Davies. She's with Common good Missoula. And up next on the phone, we have Marilyn. First of all, Marilyn, thank you for holding for so long. Go ahead. No, no problem. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, as an older person who has been involved for many years in many different facets of what's going on, city, government, state, etc., a voter, always, anyways, um, and informed, I think, through talk radio and reading, a lot of reading. Okay, so I get red flags. I get words heard. I mean, I hear words that do cause me pause. And, um, you know, <laughs> the, uh, people tell us who they are, and I think sometimes they come on the radio to, okay, let's see, we'll throw this out there and what, see what, 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 uh, what, what the, we need to say. What are the words you're so worried he about? He used the word climate and the okay. common good thing. All right. Marxist terms, Marxist common good, yeah, I'm surprised Wingnut's okay with that. I think that's what I heard him say. Anyway, so you throw climate in there, which is not a problem. Oh, yeah, we have four seasons. Yes, we do. Okay, you will not make houses affordable, so the taxpayers end up funding that scam. Um, they're not affordable. If you start incorporating making these codes that will make these new homes or whatever you're going to be doing to fit the Green New Deal, it's going to be a problem. So I know you guys are probably real young, and you've been brought up this way, and it's like I, I, I mourn for your future. I really do. And um, we'll just see how that all works out for you. So how do you make that affordable when you incorporate these all these Marxist things that are obviously okay. on the table. Marilyn, let, let's let them answer that, okay? Thanks thanks for the call. All right, so, fellow Marxists, what... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make fun, but uh, go ahead. Uh, we joke about it, too. Um, so, first of all, Marilyn, I really appreciate uh, your comments. We have a group of citizen leaders who recognize that 50 years ago they would be in a position just by being responsible workers and raising a family that they could buy a house. And in the current environment of Missoula, they cannot do that. And so they have come together to think about how our planning impacts how housing gets developed in Missoula. And you are totally right. There is no way to zone our way into affordable housing. And one of the things we have figured out, though, is that there are kind of this mismatched overlay 
of these regulations. Uh, some people might call them red tape. I think it's just a patchwork of things that have developed over time. And we are working to split, well, not to split. We never work to split. We're working to bring all of that together into this comprehensive plan uh, and make room for this missing middle housing that we just don't have in Missoula. And there's a lot of interest from smaller local developers uh, that build one or two projects at a time in a backyard um, or on a secondary lot. Uh, and they need some of those regulations changed so that we can actually just build enough housing stock for our community. And we're really interested in seeing that happen. All right. So well, we have about uh, three minutes left in our time together. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to wrap things up. Uh, Ashley, if you want to tell people about the event, where and when and who's invited. Yeah. Would... Thanks, Peter. Um I, I really appreciate the, the chance to come in this morning and talk to you all about all of these uh, really important community issues. I look forward to seeing you all Tuesday, December 13th at the commercial building at the Missoula County Fairgrounds. The doors will open at 5.30 p.m. and the event will start promptly at 6. It is a civic academy style, so it is a teaching opportunity, is a learning opportunity to hear about a little bit more in depth about the growth policy, the history of the um, development in in Missoula, what the development codes, uh, how the development codes are currently, um, and then sort of the the phases of engagement and the ways that you can get and stay involved over the next two years. This is a long project. We would like to see you all uh, be a part of it along the way, and so we will have some uh, information stories and. Um, you know, ways that you can get involved on Tuesday. You can also visit engagemissoula.com backslash our hyphen Missoula to get more information about the project overall um, and about the event on Tuesday. We just hope to stay in touch with everybody as this progresses. And I, um, I'm sure we'll be back to, to update. Lisa, the last minute and a half is yours. Well, thanks. Uh, we are really excited to be able to involve people with a wide variety of political views in this project and really bring folks together and build some of those bridges that we're talking about. Uh, via Common Good Missoula, people are welcome to come to our website and sign up for the event as well. Uh, check us out there. And then we also have the opportunity to sign up for our action research teams at the event. And these are groups of citizens who are delving into some of the issues in our community and working towards... Uh, what we want some of those outcomes to be. And none of that obviously is promised from the city, uh, but we are starting to talk about what kind of things we want to see in our city. And so if you are interested in being a part of that process, we want to sit down and have a cup of coffee and get to know you and build that relationship. Right. I want to say thank you to all of you for being here. Appreciate it. And uh, so, by the way, in case you just joined us and you you're, you're, this is, um, you want to hear more about this, you can go to our website later on and we'll have this up and you can listen to the entire hour of the program. So, uh, Judy, did you want to say goodbye? Okay, go ahead. Thank you. We realize that this is a, it's a difficult topic because there are so many moving parts. Um, we hope to see people... With us next Tuesday evening. All right, uh, go ahead, Nick. What's going up? We're, we're we're gone tomorrow. Yeah, we only have five seconds. So yeah, we're gone. We're gone tomorrow. We'll be back Monday with Attorney General Austin Knudsen. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye.